Hello, and welcome to the RPG Academy Twitch channel. My name is Michael, and we're here tonight for another episode of Detention Live. Joining me as always is Chris. Chris, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. And joining us tonight is our special guest co-host. We have Doug Shute from Doug VC Gaming. Um, I also know you as the guy who hooks me up with Free League stuff. So, Doug, welcome to the show. Thank you hey. so much. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're very excited to get a chance to talk to you tonight. Um, I think, um, again, there's a chance, I think it's still up in the air, that you might be coming to a catacomb this year. I'm going to try. I'm tr I've got uh, quite a few events that uh, are right around that time. So I'm, I'm wondering if I can just fly in and fly out, you know, for, for your event. And uh, I hear you've got a great uh, community over there. So I'm, I'm uh, excited to, to, to witness it all myself <laughs> in person. I like to think we have a great little community. I'm a little biased, of course. Chris is one of them. So he's also a little bit biased. But I, I would say we both Not think it's a, it's a fun little time. But in case there are people out there who aren't yet familiar with you and the work that you do or just any of the toys and games behind you that you want to share, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Doug Shute. I, I do. Uh, I'm, I'm mostly I'm, I'm the content uh, director for Freely Publishing. I do their uh, their YouTube channel and and and. Uh, do that for them. I also do all their North American events. Uh, so Gen Con, Origins, um, PAX Unplugged, PAX West, PAX East. I'm trying to think where else I'm going to be. I'm going to be at Supercon here in uh, a couple weeks as well in Miami. Um, I just did Phoenix Fan Fusion. I'll be at Charcon because that's fairly close to me. It's only a couple hours away. And uh, yeah, I just kind of go all over the country and, and kind of... Uh, you know, show off freely products. Uh, and then on top of that, I'm, I'm a, uh, a podcaster and uh, host and, and uh, I do uh, all sorts of streams and interviews and reviews and on uh, Victory Condition Gaming. Um, and then I also have uh, some apparel lines. So kind of a little bit of everything, you know, a lot of this, uh, you'll, you notice that that's uh, kind of a trend in this, uh, in this industry is everybody has multiple hats on that they wear. And, and, uh, you know, cause, uh, we're not really in the gaming industry to make a lot of money. We're just there to kind of uh, promote fun and, and having people create really cool stories, have really great experiences. And, uh, if we can make a little bit of money on this, you know, yeah, no it, complain. you know, we're, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so uh, so we all kind of try to try to make it work by doing various things in this in this industry. I will be at Origins, by the way. Um, oh, nice. I'm coming up early Thursday, staying through Sunday. Um, my schedule isn't packed, so there's a chance I okay. might. See, or if you we can we can connect yeah. after the show. I'd love to maybe hook up for lunch, or if there's a chance I can get yeah, to a game, that'd be that. great as well. Um, but again, super excited that you're here again. Uh, you can be found Thank at. You. Doug VC Gaming on the Twitter. Uh, what's the name of your, yeah. your YouTube channel? Uh, Victory Condition Gaming. Victory Condition uh, Gaming. So we'll yep. put links to everything in the show notes, make it easy for people to find I you and get a hold of you. Uh, but we're going to kick off the show as we often do with our, I almost said pass the torch question, wrong podcast, uh, with <laughs> our extracurricular. And this is where we just talk about stuff we've been up to recently. It can be games that we're playing, uh, mm -hmm. movies we've watched, shows we're watching, books we're reading, whatever the case may be, just sharing with strangers on the internet. Sure. Uh, I'm actually going to have Chris go first so that I can okay. eat some more food. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Diablo 4 came out. So a lot of my time has been spent uh, building my little ice sorcerer up as I run around trying to save the world from Lilith, the daughter of hatred or anger. One of the two. Anyways, trying to save the world. Uh, other than that, a, a lot of work. Uh, still doing that. Our office actually grew and they adding staff. So nice. 
I'm back to hiring and training and running the showroom at the same time. So uh, I'm not going to have much hair left by the end of the year, I don't think. But uh, once we get the office going, it'll be it'll be good. It'll be exciting. Uh, other than that, I haven't been watching a lot of TV because, you know, Diablo 4 is kind of absorbed any free time I have. So. Well, that and there's a there's a writer strike going on. So I've I've noticed that the, we we don't have a whole lot of new content coming out on on a lot of different platforms and and uh, yeah. network TV lately. It's it's kind of a bummer. And I hear that's what's delaying Deadpool three. It is, yeah. They pushed it back, or yeah, they pushed it to twenty twenty. Was it May twenty twenty four now or something? I don't know. I don't yeah. remember. It got pushed back, but I don't know if that was specifically the reason but i'm sure it's it's all yeah. rolling together and stuff like things are getting pushed back things that are in production are, are on hiatus now so yeah uh yeah uh companies pay writers because they're the ones who actually create this stuff without them nothing works um yeah so just pay them what they're worth yeah, i don't disagree i actually thought about buying diablo like I'm, i've not really played any of the other games but i knew you played it a lot i thought well i might be good that and i'll jump on and maybe play with chris sometime but that price tag for a game I don't know if I'm going to like, and they just finally announced when the new Spider-Man game's going to come out, which will be a That's day right. one buy for me. Uh, so I'm going to have to wait. So maybe a couple of years we can circle back and I'll play Diablo. Yeah. When Diablo 5 comes out, I'll play Diablo 4 with you. All right. I've played every Diablo, so I've enjoyed them. Uh, you know, and I've had a couple of friends that I jump on and we run around and do stuff with. So it's fun. I like the fact that it limits you to a party of four. Oh. So I don't mm. get trapped in with a party of 10 trying to do some big raid and i can be like all right i got an hour guys that's it mm -hmm. that's nice for my schedule that way i don't have to feel obligated to stick around for longer and then i'm up till three in the morning <laughs> screaming what when is this going to be over so it's kind of nice all right doug if you don't mind tell us a little bit about what you've been up to lately buddy well i i, I don't know if you can tell but uh i am uh I might have, you know, a liking of Transformers. If you can see them in the background, I, I, mm -hmm. I've been a Transformers fan since, you know, G1. I grew up with it, uh, you know, when it came out. And um, I actually have been, I, I, I get to watch the, the the new movie, Rise of the Beast. I went and watched it for a second time. I brought my kid to me uh, with me uh, this afternoon and went and watched that again. Um, it's not the greatest movie in the world. Like, but it's a Transformers movie, so I feel like I, I'm obligated. It's definitely a lot better than the Michael Bay movies. I'm not a big fan of the Michael Bay movies. I think that first one, the first Transformers, it's is actually bad. pretty good. Yeah, I thought Bumblebee okay. was pretty good. The others Bumblebee's are straight great. trash. Oh, they're garbage. They're they're yeah. hot garbage. Um, Bumblebee was good. I think this this one was kind of on that same level. Um, if you go into it thinking you're going to get some sort of cinematic masterpiece, it, you're going to be disappointed. But, you know, I think this one was probably the closest to an actual, like, Transformers live-action cartoon. Okay. we could have, okay. you know, like, like if you were watching the 80s cartoon, you know, th those were kind of random. And there was a lot of stuff that wasn't really, like, realistic mm -hmm. about some of those plot lines and some of the plot holes and everything. It kind of felt like that a little bit, you know, and, and I love the fact that they brought in, you know, the Maximals and the, the mm -hmm. Terracons and, and uh, we got to see a little bit more of, you know, the uh, fandom, you know, you could definitely tell they were catering to some of the G1 fans, some of the Beast Wars fans and some of the Michael Bay movie fans. Cause you know, those are all different fandoms that uh, have, you know, come through over the years. And, and yeah, I think they did a pretty decent job. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't an outstanding movie, but I hope it's successful enough so that they green light some, uh, some additional movies. 
you know, as someone who who loves movies, again, I, I wrote a game about bad movies. I, I'm a kind of a connoisseur of bad movies. I and there them. is a difference between a good movie and a fun movie. Exactly. Now, and, and sometimes those are those are the same thing. Like I yep. think the Into the Spider-Verse and now the Across the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. oh, are some of movie. the best movies ever made and are so fun and rewatchable and heartfelt. And, you know, just they make me cry. But sometimes movies are so bad that they're good or they're fun so you know there's there's like these different quadrants that things can fall in and there's nothing wrong with being a movie that knows what it is and is going for fun if it delivers on it then that's all that really matters unless it costs 200 million dollars and then you know that kind of thing it kind of did it themselves so absolutely all right so anything else um i'm trying to think what else i've been up to i've just been organizing most of my free time is just trying to get everything organized for all these events it seems like i've got events going on every you know at least a couple a couple of a month every month at this point uh i think i think that's that's been about it i oh i did pick up uh the new i've got it right here i haven't even opened it the new avatar starter oh yes for, uh, for magpie so i'm excited to dive into that that's uh that's the next project that i'm trying to try to uh, get to the table and make some content for here uh in the next day or two that's Before. also on our short list for a sample adventure. Um, yes. Someone's going to try to run that for us. So uh, hopefully you... I, I loved that cartoon. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I mentioned it on here a while back. I, I didn't watch it when it was like popular. And a lot of yep. people kept telling me how good it was. And I just it never, never found time for it. And then it was actually my son, my youngest son found it on Netflix, like maybe two or three years ago. And he's like, dad, dad, there's a show I'm watching. It's so cool. You should watch it with me. I'm like, okay, so we started it over, and the first couple episodes are really kitty, Like, they're absolutely oh, sure. just, you know, child cartoons. And I'm like, is this the show that everyone's telling me is so good? And I, you know, went to Twitter, I'm like, hey, is, what, is this, am I watching the wrong thing? And everyone's like, just, just yeah. keep watching. Yeah. And yeah, by about the fourth or fifth episode, I was hooked. And then I think it's three seasons. I think I've watched the whole show twice through already, which is probably nothing compared to some of the fans, but it is such good storytelling once it gets going. Nice, nice. Yeah, I haven't really dove into the whole, uh, I haven't really got into the whole Avatar IP as much as I probably should have. I kind of know a little bit about it, but Mm -hmm. I just know that Magpie is doing some really cool stuff. And like I saw, I was at Target, so I'm like, I'll pick this up. I mean, it's 25 bucks and like there's a ton of stuff in there. I actually bought two. One will be in a catacomb price. Oh, nice. Yeah. Chris, so what's your or avatar history? Have you ever messed with a cartoon? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Similar to what you said, except for Quentin's younger than yours. So mm-hmm. he found it when it was on cable. And uh-huh. it's like, hey, let's watch this. And then we ended up buying all the seasons on DVD. And we've watched it multiple times, too. Uh, I'm a huge fan of it. I love how it grows. Mm. Like the story mm. matures as the characters mm. mature too. So I like that fact. And you know, Toph is just the best in my opinion. Too. Oh yeah. Toph's pretty awesome. Right? But, yeah. but again, that, there's, there's so many just moments, you know, quotable, like my, my girlfriend turned into the moon. That's a bummer, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it cracks me up every time. All right. So, um, so as for myself, uh, I am getting ready for Origins. That's next week. Nice. So I'm kind of getting ready for that. I'm not running anything there. I'm I'm going just as press and uh, play some games and then I'll tweet and probably podcast about it. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. I've actually been, I, I'm also going to Gen Con and I'm that person that checks the Gen Con uh, schedule update. Like every six hours, they show everything that was added, deleted or returned. And I've already modified my schedule multiple times because of that, uh-huh. because there's things I really wanted that, 
couldn't get into. And I've a couple of those I've now since then been able to get into and very excited about. Uh, one is Scooby Natural. So this is at Gen Con, not Origins, which is the using the everyday heroes version of oh, 5e from yeah. Evil Genius Games to play an alternate version of the Supernatural episode where they crossed over with Scooby-Doo. So you will play either Scooby-Doo or some of the Supernatural guys in a cartoon version of that show. And I'm like, uh, yes, please sign me up for that one. But unfortunately, it was sold out the first time through. And I just checked that every six hours or so. And one popped in. I dropped some other stupid thing I'd picked up in the meantime, canceled it, got that ticket. Very, very excited about that. And then the other thing I got in just today, um, they um, the Marvel 616 game. They, uh, they have several instances of a game you can play there. I mentioned before, I love superheroes. It's like my second favorite RPG genre. I absolutely just love superhero games. Most of them are bad. And I'm always on the lookout for a good one. And I wasn't really impressed with what I saw about this 616 game. But I'm, you know, I'm always happy to be proven wrong. I, I hope sure. it's my favorite game ever. And so when I saw there was a chance to actually play it, I signed up for that one just to go in there. It's it's called the Planet Hulk Grandmaster Arena. It's just going to be a mashup of all these different characters fighting. But I mean, for a two hour demo of the game, that's all I really care about. So hopefully I'll have some good stuff to report back from, from Gen Con about some of those games. And I did get into uh, Dragon Bane. That was like literally the top of my list the game I wanted to play. And I ran Ritter Mound on our channel for a sample adventure and like 80% of all the Dragon Bane offerings are Ritter Mound. I'm like, well, I can't really play that one. I've already ran it. So the selection options were much limited. Uh, and again, same thing, I checked, kept checking the uh, the change log and I finally got into a game. I think it's Winter's Night or Winter's Hard is the yep. other one. Yep. And super excited to get into that. So yeah, so we, we are definitely free league stands on the channel across the, across the whole platform. We love their games. Mm-hmm. I've been reading some books. I've been re, re I started a reread of the Mercedes Lackey books, Heralds of Valdemar series. There's like literally 40 books in this series. I started reading them when I was in high school, kind of off and on have checked in. And a lot of them are probably aimed at a younger audience than this 50 year old dude or almost 50 year old dude. Uh, but I decided just, I'm going to go from the beginning and go through all of them. And so I've started over, read, reread the ones I had already read. I'm now on a couple that I had not messed with the first time through. And again, they're enjoyable. Again, are they great literature? I don't, I wouldn't say that they are, but they're enjoyable. I like the characters and I think it's fun to learn more and more about that, um, the setting that I really enjoy. We also played Blue's, Blue Rose recently, if you're familiar, oh, yeah, which is, yeah. it's is almost, it's basically Mercedes Lackey, the RPG, in my opinion, like that's heavily influenced the, that game. So, uh, and I've been watching a few other TV shows, but really nothing important. That's probably enough. So we will move on from there. So we are going to move now into our first improv game, which is called 10 Things. Uh, for anyone who's new here, this is an improv game where we will prompt each other in turn to try to come up with a list of 10 things that fit the prompt. The idea of the game is immediacy is better than accuracy. So coming up with a list quickly is better in terms of the game than actually coming up with a list that makes a whole lot of sense. So Doug, you are the guest tonight. Would you like to go first in terms of being prompted or would you like to go first in prompting Chris or I? Um, probably being prompted all right uh i have one chris but you have have one as well go ahead all right i you love transformers i grew up with transformers i want to hear your top 10 transformers oh okay um okay this is this is tough sound wave is definitely right up there one um optimus prime two um let me think here uh omega supreme 
Three. Three. Ultra Magnus. Four. Four. Uh, let's see here. Blaster. Five. Five. Uh, jazz is up there. Six. Six. Starscream. You got to give <laughs> Starscream. Seven. Seven. Uh, let's see here. Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, I love Snaptrap. He's a triple changer. Loved loved him. Eight. I had him as a, t- a toy. I loved that. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, Alita One. I think we need more Alita One in uh, the continuity. Nine. Which is, and then Megatron. Of course, you got to get up for for Megatron. That was in fact a list of ten things. I don't even remember the name now, but my parents bought me. It was like one of the few um, airplane. Autobots. Okay. I, I think that it's the one that it was like came to earth and was frozen. Oh, Jetfire. Jetfire. Jet Jetfire Skyfire. Like yeah. One that was like the really big one. Uh, it's like 40 or $60. I mean, it was, yeah, it was a huge, huge thing. And I brought it home and took it apart and never got it back, put back together. Like it was, I got, I love taking things apart as a kid. I was probably one of my, you know, ADHD sort of things. And I, I was just like taking a screw off, set a spring went, bing, 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 and oh, it, no. then the whole thing just sort of crumbled into parts and it was never put back together again. So I didn't, oh. I don't think I even changed. I don't think I even transformed it. It came in <laughs> a robot, it stayed a robot and then it became a pile of Legos. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So Doug, so to keep the circle going, you will actually prompt Chris for his list of 10 things. Let me think. Chris, uh, 10 things that you, do you do a lot? Do you, do you go to a lot of conventions? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. 10 things you enjoy about going to conventions. Ooh. Uh, seeing familiar faces. One. Trying new games. Two. Uh, horrible food. Three. Finding good restaurants. Four. Uh, sleeping in. Five. Liar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, staying up really late. Six. Yeah, there you go. Uh, meeting new people. Seven. Uh, buying new things. Eight. Uh, getting lost in a convention center and finding something new you never thought you'd find. Nine. Uh, and uh, having my own bed. Ten. Hey. That wasn't list. Back to list of ten things. Two of them I think are bullcrap, but the other eight were pretty good. <laughs> well, I can say the last one because my <laughs> wife doesn't listen to this. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So to, to wrap things up here, you will prompt me for my lesser. All right. Uh, let's stay with the Transformers thing. Uh, how about uh, 10 bad names for Transformers? Oh, I love oh. this. Watch yeah, him a up. Watch him a gidget. Yeah. Rodimus Prime. <laughs> no. <laughs> Optimus Beta. Uh, Screaming of the Stars. Nah, these Four. are terrible. Um, Log. Five. Slinky. Six. Uh, Captain Transfo Man. Seven. Any of the GoBots. Cop, Coptor. Coptor. Yeah, that way. Um, and uh, a pile of parts that used to be a Transformer. Ten. Yeah. Hey. That was, in fact, a terrible list of ten things. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move into uh, used books. This is generally the, I like to call the meat and potatoes of the show. It's usually the longest part, but not always. Uh, and the idea is here, we're going to talk about a game that one of us has either played or ran. And there's something about that game that we want to mine for lessons learned. Things that went particularly well that we've taken with us into future games. Maybe something that went terrible. We tried to do a thing and it didn't work. And we learned from it not to do it or try to do it differently. Uh, Doug, you are the guest tonight. Do you have a game campaign uh, session that you can talk about, please? So I do. I, I 
I'll give you a little background on on my gaming history. Sure. Um, I did not grow up with Dungeons and Dragons of D and um, I was not. I, my parents were part of that whole you know satanic panic uh, movement mm-hmm. uh, back in the eighties. So I was not allowed to play D and I was allowed to play this game right here. This was ah. the Star Wars West End Games D six system, and I to this day I love the system. This is this is what I always have. Uh, I just love it for what it is because it came out during a time when we didn't have a whole lot of uh, Star Wars, um, and it kind of filled in a lot of that that uh, gap of you know between Return of the Jedi and 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 Episode One, and it gave us a lot of more in, it gave us more insight on, on certain things that we saw on screen, and so I loved it. I loved every part of it. But I actually a few years ago went back and did an actual play of. Uh, the Star Wars D6 system on, on my show and I just fell in love with it again mm-hmm. and I it went so well we did I think we did a two-parter um, I went back like I think it was a year later and we did another two-parter and we kind of like kept it all in the same like timeline I kept the same characters and everything so it kind of like I love the fact that I kind of was Dave Filoni-ing. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that is that can we use that as 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 a, as a sure yeah. I yeah. mean, as I was, I kind of became my own Dave Filoni as as I was like building. This... You need a hat though. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I just love that so much. Like that was so much fun, and it seems to, it seems to be really well received. And I always like that's kind of what you wanted to do when you were younger playing this game and and now you're kind of now doing it as an adult it just it seemed to really really click and the players seem to really enjoy it and i i'm i have plans to go back and bring back those characters and and keep on continuing and just kind of have my own star wars timeline like kind of like you know uh, like Dave's doing with with his content and kind of filling out the the universe, and I think that that's just that's awesome. I, you'll you'll notice uh, th- there's a trend going on in this this podcast where it's mostly '80s references with me, because I, I, that's that's what I grew right. up with. But I yeah. loved uh, that Star Wars system, and and uh, it was really neat to kind of go back and we kind of, I did kind of tweak a few things just because there were some older modules that mm-hmm. didn't quite fit like some of the newer stuff that's been put out. So I did have to kind of go yeah. back and, and kind of, you know, now, uh, I'm not super them. familiar myself, but I believe it is it Pablo Hidalgo. I think that's how you say his name. He's on the yeah. story group uh, for star Wars. And I think he was also part of the team that put that book together. Or he was like a consulting person. And there's a lot of things from, Mandalorian and even Andor yes. that are in those books. Like people are like, where'd that come from? And there's like, there's a guy on Twitter's like, he opens book. It's this, this is where that came from. So there's actually <laughs> yes. a lot of things like Easter egg sort of stuff. If you read through those books, you will find elements that a Filoni and um, was it Gillum? Who did Terry Gillum did the Andor? I think, think so, Andor is yeah. like one of the best TV shows in the history of the oh, world. It's very, um, very good. Is there a sample adventure in those Star Wars books? Is there an actual like starter um, adventure? I don't think so. I pulled, let's see, I pulled Tatooine Manhunt because of course at the time the the Mandalorian was was really big and I thought, "Oh, let's do something that's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. that that uh, pulls in some of the bounty hunters and, and so we did that. Um 
but yeah, you can still get a lot of those those modules. I don't think that there is a, a sample adventure in here, to be honest with you. Because I have the I recently came out like a 20th anniversary edition yes. box set. I, I purchased that because I did not have a copy of the West End D6 game in my library. So I now have it for that. Um, but I guess to circle back around to the point of this particular section, though. So is there something about that game? that you want to try to pull out? Was it revisiting an old classic? Was it trying to establish your own timeline? I know yeah. we've talked a little bit before about playing in an established IP and does that limit your characters? Because like, we can't blow up the Death Star because we know Luke has to do that. And we can't kill Luke Skywalker because we know he has to blow up the Death Star. So is there anything about that that you thought was particularly interesting or I difficult? I don't think, I mean, I, I like the fact that it was kind of, even though you're playing in, in a, an established IP, I felt like, okay, and yeah, I did have to kind of tweak a few things here and there. Um, it felt really good to kind of just like make that world my own and, and kind of create something that probably didn't actually happen or probably would have never happened. I, I guess just to kind of like let your, even if something happens, like, cause there were a few things that happened. There was like, that probably would, that's not how that would have worked in the star wars universe but you just you kind of just let it go with 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 your players and kind of just go okay like maybe something would have caused this particular event to happen or you know caused this particular player to to act this way um so yeah yeah I, I, it is hard when you when you play in an established ip you're right to, to kind of make sure that you're staying in that but just don't get wrapped up into it sometimes just let 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 let, let your players do what they want to do because yeah. that sometimes just creates more you know a better experience overall than, than anything else so i know chris you have ran a few star wars games that are like sort of like side by side with established canon Mm -hmm. uh, or well, you know, obviously the redemption podcast exists within like the clone wars era or at least that's when it started but i think mm -hmm. you've mentioned before like at conventions you'll run a game where you're like on the Death Star before it gets blown up and you're doing things that also kind of like coincide with the movies and stuff. So I'm sure you have thoughts on this. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I ran on, well, I have it written. It's uh, basically the players are all independent contractors on the Death Star and all of a sudden the alarms go off and nice. you're being attacked and you have to deal with, okay, are we going to escape? What are we going to do? And depending upon how the players do things, because usually they're mechanics or contractors. Right. Uh, I mean, one of the games, it turned out that they were the group that forgot to put the shield over the exhaust port. Mm -hmm. So then they were rushing to try to close the exhaust port. And of course, things didn't go well for them. Uh, they ended up escaping with a Lambda class shuttle. And they're like, yay, we're going to leave. And then they hear Darth Vader's voice say, pick me up now. And they're like, oh, <laughs> rats. I guess we're coming to get you, sir. And that's how it ended. Or, or I had another one where they took off from the Lambda class shuttle and joined the rebellion. And not too far in the distant future, they were the ones that had the Lambda class shuttle that they used in Return of the Jedi. Nice. So, have, have, have you ever had players that uh, have like wanted to change canon, like 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 a situation where where it's like okay. Like yeah, we we'll be able to get the shield up over the the, the exhaust, you know, and and save the Death Star in this situation. Have you ever had like any not, any of those situations yet? Not really. Okay. But like in, in that particular game, it's very lighthearted. It's very comical. Uh, one of you plays literally a janitor, 
who was an ex-clone, so he's several years old. Yeah. And uh, most of the time, I, I gave him the name the Grand Mop, making yep. fun of the Grand Moff. Yep. So then he'd run around with a mop. That was his weapon. So it was very lighthearted. That was supposed to just be, you know, kind of a comic relief type game. Uh, more with like redemption. We've always we tied in a few times with the actual main characters, but they were there just to have an emotional moment and then sure. move on. They nice. weren't designed like the story wasn't designed for them to impact whatever battle was going on. It was, oh, you get to meet Ahsoka for a minute and she failed in a mission and this is what happens. Nice. So I, I never set it up where they could impact anything. Okay. Just because my brain doesn't want to think about how would it actually change canon. Yeah. And how would you affect it? I'm not a big fan of that. Let's do an alternate reality where you kill Darth Vader when he's, you know, just first puts on the suit. I'm like, eh, that'd be tough. The Emperor was very smart and protected him. You know, it wasn't right. as simple as you just walked up and stabbed him. You know, so I, I didn't really, I don't say I don't let the players do that, but I didn't design the story to go in that direction. Right. And that's certainly the GM has a lot of control. I mean, you can just not put Darth Vader in the story. Uh, you know, the, the, it's a big galaxy, despite what the movies would have us believe that not everyone's related to a Skywalker. Like you could be in mm -hmm. places yeah. where they've never even heard of Jedi and still be in the Star Wars universe. So there's a lot of variety that you can explore there. But I have to think that if I'm sitting down to play Star Wars, part of the draw for me is that maybe I will interact with those characters or, sure. you know, but it doesn't have to be, you know, T-bone into Luke Skywalker as much as like, I really, really like the idea of you're in like the same battle, but in a different place. Yep. Uh, you know, you're one of the shuttles that takes out a TIE fighter that was the one that almost blew up Luke before he went into the trench run type of a thing. Like you're participating and you're helping canon continue rather than trying to off rail it. I do like the idea though of like a one shot, especially like a convention game where you do let people break canon. Right. Because then you don't really have to deal with the the after. You just let them think, what what did you just do? Like they get to go home and think about, oh my gosh, we killed Vader before Luke, or we did this before that. How would that have changed things? And I think there's a lot of fun in that versus a GM trying to like, okay, now I have to rewrite Star oh, Wars because sure. yeah. you did this thing right. Uh so I think it would work better in a one shot to allow for canon oh. breaking than it would be for, uh, for sure that so because i've i have i don't well sorry Robert, i believe i have played the west end game a couple times but it's literally been like 30 years ago sure. if you would mind a quick refresher how does that because it's a d6 system right it's a d6 system um usually you're rolling two th three or f i think it's four uh and and it's you're trying to get a target number uh, a different so you're number. adding them together yeah, you're to... adding them together and sometimes there's a there's a plus one depending on your on your you know your, your how your skill rating um but yeah it's it's usually you're just and then uh depending on the version if you roll any sixes i think it is on on one of the die it becomes a wild die and you can kind of explodes so you get to re-roll it and then if it still comes up a six you can mm. re keep re-rolling it until it doesn't but so i i like exploding die and die mm -hmm. mechanics in general and and uh i, I think that's that. one of the reasons why is because of that uh of that game mm -hmm. nice all right uh, it's, been a, it's been a while since it's been a few years since we've played our last session so yeah and it's uh but yeah i i love that game going growing up yeah I, i've only played it once i played a lot of the fantasy flight game but sure. only the west end once 
And only the D twenty one a few times. I don't. Th- I don't think I've ever played the D twenty one. If I if uh, either, it's D and D. Yeah, third edition, just skinned with a Star Wars flavor, and we kind of broke the system by making a droid with two arms with lightsabers, and it was killing Jedi left and right. So. <laughs> nice, nice. That that is one thing that I I try to stay away from uh, when when I run that system is that uh, I tend to encourage my players not to be Jedi just mm-hmm. because they can get so overpowered and it's just like, mm-hmm. okay, well, this is, you know, why are we doing like, yeah. See, that's the thing I remember talking to someone else about that is that again, if I'm going to play star Wars, I kind of want to be a Jedi. Like, I think that's just a natural tendency for a lot of players, but for the game to make Jedi Jedi, they, they kind of have to be more powerful than other people, yeah. but then you get that thing where, Oh, so it's the Jedi and the hanger on. So that's not any fun. So I do wonder, like, is there a way to balance a game where you can have a Jedi who's doing flips and force choking people or force pulling people, whatever, you know, don't be evil. And then you have the smuggler with a blaster and they both can feel equally cool the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, the redemption, redemption show, you know, Mike's character is a gunslinger and a pilot where, you know, Kaylee's playing the Jedi you know, a lot of that has to do with as a GM working with your players and going, hey, let's keep this balanced, please. Don't jump so far up in the force powers, you know, take some other skills and stuff sure. like that. And then I think as a GM, the challenge there is throwing other obstacles at them that don't require you just to kick the door down or flip over the door. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to kind of steer that player to picking other skills. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, there's a lot of lock picking. Great. I should start taking subterfuge or not subterfuge, sorry, skullduggery or mechanics, you know, so I can be useful other than trying to kick this steel door down that, you know, it's a blaster door. You're not kicking it over. You got to stick your lightsaber in there and wait 10 minutes as it slowly cuts through it. So I think that's one of the tricks I used. I've run a convention game where everybody was horse users and one girl came to the table and said i really want to play a droid oh nice and i went that's pretty I, cool i i can hand you a droid but i'm telling you right now you're going to feel underpowered if we get into combat and she was like great can he just be like a a, a a walking library he's just got worthless knowledge and all he does is just walk around in combat going you should probably use form seven you should use form five and i was like as long as you understand what your character is going to do and that you don't want to get hit in combat or anything. And she, she loved it and actually ended up being the hero of the show because she ended up figuring out how to pull the air out of the ship and everybody passed out and stopped the fight. I love that. I love that so much. I just said to, you know, I think that's where, you know, session zero, if you have that conversation, and people know what to expect. They can't be upset if they're underpowered because they set themselves up to be there. Mm-hmm. Now, I do agree that in every system, being a Jedi naturally makes you better at everything. I mean, even in fantasy flight games, you can make the best pilot, but then you can get Jedi who can then throw force powers into their piloting checks and they're naturally better. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, you got to find a balance in there. I like oddball characters like you was like the droid. I would have had mm. so much fun with that droid. Oh, absolutely. In fact, my favorite 
profession in fantasy flight games is the politico who does nothing but taunt the enemy and give boost dice to his allies mm-hmm. in combat might shoot the blaster but is more like pointing and shooting over his shoulder and still talking i think that's fun to be like okay you guys get blue dice they get black dice now this happens that happens you guys get some strain back and at the end of it i've done one point of damage kind of like the warlord from fourth edition yeah, Something like your battlefield commanding and making making everyone else better and hindering the opponents, but you yourself. And I may be misquoting Fourth Edition a little bit, but I don't remember the Warlord mm-hmm. being like the frontline fighter. They were more the tactician that allowed everyone else to be better at what they do, uh, which I really liked. Actually, I, I, one of the things about Fourth Edition, I, I wish we had a Warlord character in Fifth Edition. Yeah, so I, I enjoy those kind of type of characters, but I also enjoy flawed characters that aren't going to always succeed. Sure. Yeah, or that make a sandwich on every chance they get exactly uh caleb or a little caleb up there yeah. uh i did put um I, i'm sure i'm not the first and only person to do this but i did put a lightsaber in my D games back in the day uh, i called it a sunblade i actually think there okay. are those now i think mine was independently created uh but i remember this was back in my college days and um you know basically it was just a hilt and then once you became attuned to it it like the blade would come out and you know and i'd told the guy i remember it was like okay so this is basically a lightsaber in DD. so it doesn't work like a regular sword it has no weight to it you know because this was before felony i thought lightsabers were basically you know had no weight at all i said so if you critically fail with this you're going to roll again and if you roll really badly you're going to cut off one of your own limbs because this is such a dangerous so powerful and dangerous weapon the first time they used it literally the first roll they rolled a one. I said, okay, roll it again. They rolled another one. So they cut their own leg off. That was the only time that they had been used in combat and he completely screwed them over. I thought, yeah, that, that's about how that should go. Absolutely. But I mean, that's Star Wars. A lightsaber yeah, comes yeah, off, yeah. a limb comes off. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it usually works, someone else's. Sure. Awesome. See, I did the same thing, except it, well, I didn't call it a sun sword. It was just a psionic blade. I said, it, yeah. you have a hilt that you channel your, your psionic power through and it glows, you know, red and extends. And it's like, it was basically a lightsaber i didn't do the whole you cut, cut your own arm off i said you have to train to use it and until you're trained you take negatives so this probably well not really a spoiler but it's 12 years old at this point but uh, there are our made men campaign which is the first ever actual play we did on the show and and one of the things that launched us into whatever fandom we had for a while um evan's character had a a blade it was like it was a dagger but it had like a little sort of blowy psionic blade that came off of it and what was going to happen had that game continued is that the more powerful he got the longer the blade was going to be so it basically was a lightsaber dagger that would eventually have become a lightsaber sword but we just didn't get to to play to that to that point but that's basically what it was it just had got around to it nice. all right so i definitely have enjoyed touching best uh, touching base back on the D6 game. Is there anything else specifically about that campaign that you want to talk about before we move on? Um, just that my players were awesome. I, I shout out to them because, you know, they're the ones that uh, kept me on my toes. And uh, you know what? They uh, they made the, the the session memorable. So that's that's all I'm going to say. That's pretty much what I'm so going to say. Was this guys. for your channel? Like, that's for our channel, watch yeah. It? Yeah, okay, you can so- go watch it. Yeah, there's... there's uh, we did uh, two two different uh, two parters and kind of kept them all on the same timeline. Okay, so victory condition gaming. Yeah, on YouTube, so you can go yeah. check it out. People want to watch how the uh, West End D six system ran. 
10, check 10, it out. I mean, it might not be run very well, but you know, <laughs> at least you can you can see it being run. I guess that's that's the you know. Did your players have fun? Oh, absolutely. And that's all and, that really matters, right? And you did it right, right. Exactly. All right. So we're gonna move into our second improv game. And this is where have my fingers been? Uh, this uh, is an improv game. We're basically gonna take turns prompting each other to create a short scene that involves two or more characters, and we're gonna kind of pupper tear them out with our, our fingers. Uh, Doug, you again are the guest tonight. So would you like to go first in terms of prompting Chris or I, or would you like to be prompted to to conduct the scene first? I th- I, th- I think I'll probably go again and, and have be prompted because um yeah. And all right i'm, I'm uh, curious to see how this uh, this plays out oh so you so you want to just go first and then get it rip the band-aid yeah. off yeah yeah let's do this all right um you have to sing the song first are you familiar with the song no 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 so yeah i guess you'll have to you'll have to sing it i guess yeah. you'll have to go first then well it, I, can, I can teach you the song it's very simple it's where have my fingers been i said where have my fingers been so you have to sing that first all right where have my fingers been i said where have my fingers been your fingers are two civilians in a air base somewhere out in the desert watching autobots and decepticons face off in a world that doesn't know what transformers are all right and and i just take and, and... yeah you just start yeah so basically right. outside their window they just start seeing optimus prime and scar stream and megatron and they're just sitting there like eating their sandwiches i'd be like uh one of them be like uh you, do you see what's going on out there and uh yeah yeah i do uh what 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 the heck is what are, what are those things uh maybe it's the new teslas i don't i don't know Elon's <laughs> doing some weird things over there in that desert uh yeah i i, I have no idea i uh wow they're like blasting each other that's that's crazy uh what, what are those cube things that they keep like moving around what now they're now they disappeared oh wait wait they're they're cars and 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 airplanes i don't know what the wait a minute one of them just tra- transform into into a tape deck who uses tape decks anymore <laughs> nobody uses tape decks gosh like holy smoke these guys must be super old no wonder no wonder why they're fighting each other they're probably just grumpy old robots because <laughs> uh Oh, they just flew away. Great. Maybe uh, let's hope that they don't come. Let's hope that they don't come back. And that's, that's where all, your fingers yeah, have been. That's where my fingers have been, I guess. I all right. So then you will now prompt Chris, and then Chris will finish up by prompting me. So once again, Chris must where, sing the song first. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? All right. Uh, Chris, your fingers are one of them is a new recruit for G.I. Joe and the other one is Sergeant Slaughter trying to recruit him in and bring him into shape into the into the Joe team. So I'm trying to stay on that whole uh, mm-hmm. 80s 80s uh, vibe. And we actually just played G.I. Joe a few weeks ago. He was Duke nice. in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Sir! Private Ross reporting for duty. Uh, what'd you say? Uh, get down give me 20. One, two... <sighs> I'm a role player. This is going to be so hard. Three, four. Are you kidding me? You want to be a Joe? And that's all you got? Four. I need my inhaler. No, you don't. You don't need an inhaler. You can use my inhaler. It's made out of bourbon. Um, I don't think that's going to work, sir. Look at me. I'm a specimen of physical peak. Like, uh, here, 
Let me show you. Oh, I broke another one. And that's where my fingers have been. Love it. Love it. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, all right. So it's the bring the bar back down. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Uh, your two brothers that have just opened one Transformers toy. Oh, do you realize what we have? Of course I realize what we have. What do you think? I'm an idiot. Well, you are younger than me by 12 seconds. That makes you dumb. But that <laughs> I learned from your mistakes. But this is a G1 in-package Optimus Prime mint condition. Let's play with it. No, we can't. You got to keep it in the package forever. Um, What in the world could that be? What? Where? <laughs> I'm going to kill you. And that's where my fingers have been. Hey. hey. All right. So we will move into cryptozoology. And this is going to be an exciting one tonight. This is where we take a look at a monster, usually from D&D, &D, but not always. Uh, and we talk about ways that we could use this monster. Or we're talking about ways maybe we have used this monster. Um, and tonight, Doug brought us a monster we have not played with before. It's from the Vison. Vison? Yeah, from Vison. I, I say Vison. Vison. Yeah. Which is a free league free league game it's a nordic gothic horror or is it scandinavian is that the same thing yeah yeah it's it's it's, it's not probably i probably just offended a lot of people but no, i think no, in the good. book you're yeah good. uh so it's kind of like call of cthulhu sort of mystery with monsters but it's like based on nordic folk folklore yes. um and the creature we're going to talk about is called the wood witch um uh, now since you are Again, sort of the free league ambassador. Give me the quick pitch on on Basin more than I already did. Like, what is it? What is about that game? Why should people go check it out? So Basin, if it's it's very story driven and very theater of the mind. It's it's if you like that type of RPG, it's, it uses our D six uh, Year Zero engine. Uh, you have like you have four core attributes and you have skills based off the attributes and whatever your rank is in the, in the attribute and the skill, that's how many D sixes you're rolling. And when you want to succeed at something, you have to roll sixes. Um, and uh, as long as you usually roll one six, you succeed. If you roll multiple sixes, it's, it's, uh, you know, a greater success. If you don't roll any sixes on the first roll, you can reroll those dice once, but usually you take on some sort of condition and it can be scared. It can be angry, you know, some, and what that does is that gives you a negative, a one to your dice pools going forward until you address the the, condi the condition um super very very uh rules light um it's if folks have played tales from the loop it's it's kind of similar to that but you play as investigators as part of society uh and you get sent out to these small villages and in, in towns uh in this mythic scandinavia and scandinavia and you're basically trying to research and figure out why these towns and villages are plagued with these things that are going on. Um, and usually it's some sort of Nordic folklore creature that's causing havoc. And, and you're trying to figure out how to appease it, how to eradicate it. Uh, basically because humanity's it's like taking place in the late 1700s and, and you're basically humanity's like advancing. And so they're kind of, pushing out these creatures that have been living in the wild and now they're trying to fight back and try to retake, you know, what was there. And uh, yeah, I think it's just a really, it's a very niche game, but it's been very, very popular for us the last probably 18 months or so. And 
it's got some beautiful art and i i yeah it's yeah, it's so i, I was wasn't looking, quite sure how it was going to be yeah so i was looking through the the core book uh, the last couple of days I, I knew you this was the monster we were going to talk about uh, i had not played the game was not really familiar with it and uh, one of the things that I noticed, at least for the monsters I looked, I didn't look at all of them, but for the most of the ones that I looked at, they weren't things that you could just kill. Like even if you did defeat no. them, they would come back. Like there's a there's a something that you have to do, whether it be come to an agreement, there might be a specific ritual that you have to uncover, uh, which kind of makes me think of like Supernatural, the TV show, sure. where it's not just yep. hit things with sticks. It's like you got to find the body or you got to appease the spirit or you know whatever the case may be. So I really like that as a concept that, that makes these monsters feel feel special and unique and powerful like that you can't just kill it you get hit with a stick until it doesn't move that's not going to solve your problem at least not long term sure uh, but the wood witch specifically so tell us what the wood witch is so the wood witch is like this female character that kind of looks almost deer like a little bit as well and it it basically is like the guardian of the forest and whenever like a human like mistreats the forest or mistreats animals in the forest. It usually tries to it, it evokes its wrath on on uh, mm-hmm. that particular person, and uh, it sometimes will also shape shift shape shift into different animals. So maybe you'll see like a rabbit or or a deer in, in the in the wild, and it's actually a wood a wood wife that uh, has has changed into this uh, this form. Um, and they also have like this charm ability where they, where if you like get too close to them or if you get, you know, too um, enthralled with them, they make you go mad and you wander the forest and, and uh, you're not quite the same. And, and I, yeah, I, I thought it was when I was reading the core rule book uh, when we first put it out, it was like one of those characters that's like, yeah, I could see, you know, having my players make some pretty difficult choices while dealing with this with this particular uh, folklore creature, because uh, it's not easy to to eradicate, and if you eradicate it, then there's some bad things that can happen. Right. And 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 you know, a lot of times back in the 1700s, you, you know, people hunted for food, so it's not like they're purposely going out and you know maybe doing you know something malicious to the wildlife creatures. It could be that they're trying to you know you know provide food for their families and the wood woodwife doesn't see it yeah. that way i think it's... i called it wood witch before it is woodwife is the, woodwife. The, creature. Yeah. Uh, the other thing i noticed at least with that creature is that it gives you like four like scenarios where this creature might come up so like if you're just flipping to the dmg or the bestiary or whatever for this game it'll be like you know woodwife here's four things that might have happened sure. it's like a character who's become enthralled and now has left their home and their life and they're wandering the woods there's another one where someone is overhunted and the, the you know the woodwife is now ret- ret- retaliating against them so i really like that aspect now i've never played basin so obviously i've never used this creature uh so beyond those have you used this in an adventure or do you have any thoughts on how you could use this in an adventure i have had uh, uh, used this in in uh it was like one of our first actual plays of basin that, that we did on the show was we i wrote a scenario just because this uh town was being plagued by uh you know this this creature that uh, would entrance the the villagers and and uh yeah it 
it was really and that basically what i what i had going on was yeah the, the the villagers were going out and they were hunting and and you know providing for their for their you know the the, the families in their village and the wood witch didn't like that because she was very much you know all about the forest and and the only way you can eradicate the wood witch I mean, you can appease her you can sometimes give her gifts and and she'll she'll uh you know kind of uh be nicer to you but the only way to actually get rid of her is if you burn down the forest from the like you have to like destroy the forest from like the center out mm-hmm. and once you destroy the wood woodwife like it the forest dies yeah the, the the whole area turns into a wasteland so you've got a really great you know s- s- choice for your players like okay like yes you're going to get rid of this creature but guess what your village is now going to be in like a wasteland and it's not going to be able to be sustained like so what how do you how do you want to proceed uh once once they kind of make that call and i love i love putting players in that type of situation that kind of makes them go oh well what is the right call here? Like, what do you, and a lot of times it surprises you. I, I you know, and I, I think, I think Philly does a lot, does really well in a lot of our, a lot of our adventures and scenarios where we put, you know, we, we give the GM tools to put players in those types of situations. And it always amazes me how they end up. Like it just, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a lot of fun. So Chris, again, I don't think you've played this game before, but just on the description that Doug and I have shared, any thoughts on how you might use a woodwife or just anything in general about the creature or how you might use them? I I like how you said if you kill one, it kind of ruins the area. Yeah. I think it'd be kind of neat if the area next to it, that woodwife is now trying to find a mate, basically, to make another woodwife to fix the other area. And now your players have to deal with you know, she's trying to seduce people and trying to enthrall them and, you know, lead the people away. And they're, are they being kidnapped? What's going on? You know, and she's just trying to find the the right person. It'd be fun to make that one of the players too. Sure. And then they have to make a decision. Are they going to help rebuild this forest or leave it a wasteland? Yeah. yeah, that was kind of my first thought too. Is that you? You come to a place after the woodwife has already been destroyed, the 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 forest is turning into a swamp or to a wasteland, and your job is to go find a replacement woodwife. You know, so yeah. you have to like go. It's like the Bachelor, but for woodwives. Like, yeah. hey, you should come to our village, <laughs> and this are all like we will we will share you once a year with gifts. Like, you know, basically you you're trying to woo a woodwife away from their place to come to yours, and that's probably more of a silly funny scenario than than what this game is typically used for but i think that would be a kind of a fun little twist on it absolutely yeah that would be fun they kind of remind me in a way like maybe this is lore is where the like a dryad came from Mm -hmm. for D &D, because it's similar Mm -hmm. there's definitely some similarities yeah in that regards there's uh there's quite a few different uh, vasin and folklore creatures that uh, as I was reading I'm like oh yeah that kind of sounds familiar that that's like a could be a, an earlier version of, of of another creature and I can't think of yeah. them off the top of my head but that's one of the reasons why I love the book so much is I just read through it and just read the the vasin creatures and mm-hmm. and and come up with all sorts of ideas and you know I, I think Scandinavian folklore is uh, pretty interesting you know it's We've got some some folklore creatures here in the U.S., and it's 
kind of pales in comparison to to some of the the, the very odd stuff that uh, yeah, they've got over over there, and I think that's really really rad over there with the you know these yeah. and over there it's like you know what we have for like you know Bigfoot like this is what they have over there, and I think mm-hmm. that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, so. and I do definitely agree that like I flipping through the book today was like blown away by the art which yeah, again we're free league stands here don't don't get me wrong it's not it's not necessarily a free plug but we love free league but like all their books have a, a quality to them uh like the dragon bane like the artwork in there is very similar to what i feel is in basin now it looks different because of you know the we don't have duck fighters in that one but just the the type of art it has a similar look and feel to it so it's, i've been very impressed with the artwork and all the free league stuff and uh, forbidden lands love forbidden lands it's such a great game uh, that's actually Johan's the same the the artist for both those titles. So okay, that makes sense. That, that's why, yeah, um, but yeah, we've uh, that's one thing that uh, Free League is really we're we're very fortunate. We've got uh, you know a good four you know four or five just really really talented artists that uh, really know how to you know hit what we're trying to put out for for a product mm-hmm. and and. Uh, you know they they say don't judge a book by its cover but uh we we all do it and and uh, luckily we're we're very fortunate that uh you know they're they're so talented that they they do help sell a lot of these products for us so uh, again free league free league for life but let's say we have somebody listening who generally comes to us for D talk and sure. they don't know anything about free league if they had if you had to pick one free league game to say, hey, try this one because if you like it, you know it's year zero or all, whatever. What would what's your gateway drug RPG from Free League to someone who's only played other games or never played any games before? That's a good. That's a great question. Um, so uh, I get to ask this a lot, okay. and it kind of depends on the person. Um, I know for 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 me, it was Mutant Year Zero because Mutant Year Zero is post-apocalyptic mutants and you know and and i i love that it uses a, the, the same d6 system that, that that was my you know entry into uh free league and it had a lot of that that d6 system reminded me a lot of the west end games star wars uh, system um so i i always like that but if you're a brand new player i'm gonna say tales from loop is probably the the best uh, entry level uh game that we have uh it's probably the most narrative it's the most rules it, m- rules light um you play as kids in the 80s in this alternate 80s trying to figure out these weird things that are happening in your small hometown um your kids that your parents and the, the adults don't really pay any attention uh just like you know how we felt in in the 80s as kids growing up and and uh yeah, it's it's very Stranger Things ish, but yep. not quite as horror. Um, it's just kind of odd, and, and weird things are happening. And and uh, there's actually an Amazon series. The Amazon series is a little bit more adult, um, a little more dark, a little more depressing. But uh, I think it does a really good job with that setting. But uh, I would say that 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 would be if you're a brand new RPG player. That would be the game that I would say pick up the 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 core rule book or the starter set. It's it's amazing. Now, if you love sci-fi horror alien it would be my number one shit would be my number one choice and i think that that's probably the best implementation of our d6 year zero engine uh, of all the products because it just nails the uh the setting and what alien was going for with stress and 
you know, survival and, and, uh, you know, as, as you're playing, you're, you're acquiring more and more stress dice and, and the more ones you roll on those stress, stress dice, the worse things start happening. And it just becomes like this big avalanche of, of, I I guess, avalanche of of demise that uh, your players kind of endure, you know, until the end. And, and I love how uh, Thomas uh, created that. Uh, It definitely, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I, when, when they told me that we got the alien license, I was like, dang, how do you make that an RPG? You know, it's, it's, it's tough. Like you're, you know, nobody wants to play an elimination RPG. Cause you know, what if you die halfway through and you're just sitting yeah. there watching everybody else play, that's not fun. Um, but of course we, we, if that does happen, you can play an NPC. We usually stat out the NPC players, but like, that that implementation the way he tweaked that year zero engine for that ip just it nails it it really feels like you're playing that alien aliens experience as a tabletop game i i feel i think that that's and i think it it just does that really really well um so if you're a fan of alien and aliens those first two movies i i think that uh you know and you want the an, an RPG that that gives you that? That's that's the game that I would suggest you you pick up out of our, uh, you know first. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I mean we, we did a sample adventure of the Alien game, and we also did one for Dragon Bane. Dragon Bane uses a different system, so it, it's, does, it yeah. doesn't use it. But uh, but yeah, we have we have definitely more on the way. Uh, so Chris, have you played a lot of these Year Zero Engine or Free League games? No. Oh, Chris, we're gonna change that. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're changing that for you as soon as we get out this podcast, my friend. Yeah. Right. So Tom is kind of the one who really sort of put this in front of me and then has kind of converted me to it as well. Um, so we, and we definitely, we have more on the way. We want to do several of these forbidden lands, tales from the loop basins is definitely on there. Uh, hopefully we'll get some more going. And then I, I had something I was going to say, and I can, my, my brain just, no, 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 it's fine. My brain just melted down. Um, oh, I was gonna tell you. So it, so when you're in the next free league meeting and they're mm-hmm. talking about IPs, Thundercats, like I, tell them to go after Thundercats. Dude, you have no idea like how much I would love to get. I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't really as if I'm, I would love to get any of those eighties IPs that I grew up with. Like I, Yeah. When we when they announced I had I mean I'm I've been an alien fan for years, um, so like that was a big thing for me. I was I was super super uh, pumped that we got that. Um, I knew for years that we had the Blade Runner IP, and like I grew up with that movie. I love that movie so much too. And so like to sit on that for years, knowing that we had that and that that was coming out, killed me that I couldn't talk about it because I'm such a huge fan of that. I played that uh, at a recent convention. I played the Starter. So intro. good. Um. And then uh, Walking Dead, you know, my 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 family, uh, we 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 would have viewing parties, you know, at, at our house where we'd invite, you know, our a whole living room worth of people to come over every Sunday night and watch Walking Dead. So, Walking Dead was definitely one of those shows that, uh, as we, you know, became parents, you know, we'd we'd all kind of get together. That was how we we would socialize is mm-hmm. is we'd have everybody over on Sunday night and watch Walking Dead. So that has a really special you know place in my heart for for uh, some really special memories too. Um, so yeah, I, adding any kind of eighties cartoon IP would just like, that would just set it over the edge be- for me because I would, I would love that. Excellent. Could do mask the cartoon mask oh, would be cool. Yeah. Mask would be cool. I used to love that one. Oh, on Voltron. 
Voltron yeah. would be hard. Voltron, you... Voltron's pretty good. The, the new the new uh, series is pretty good. Yeah. Um, I the new Masters of the Universe is is pretty solid. Um, I was really kind of disappointed. I was sad that uh, we they announced the Masters of the Universe RPG and then um, oh, I can't think of the 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 publisher now. Uh, well, Cortex. Fandom. Yeah, yeah. Fa- Cortex. Fandom. It was supposed to be a Cortex. I thought it was like on the yeah. way, and all of a sudden it just nothing. Well, Cortex. Uh, they 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 sold the. Uh, fandom sold the rpg cortex system to uh to uh i can't remember what the studio is but direwolf direwolf yes direwolf uh direwolf and they're doing some really cool stuff but i guess that ip couldn't come over with that uh, agreement so which is which is unfortunate yeah because i was pretty excited about that as well i love Um, and i love cortex too by the way it's really really modular so you can i I, i've done a transformers rpg with it you know a session with it because it just i took the old tech specs and statted them out and gave them dice Mm -hmm. ratings and all that oh yeah yeah i i love doing stuff like that nice yeah all right well we're gonna wrap Sorry things to... up here no no again that's we, we bring people on because we want to talk to them so absolutely you're doing what you're supposed to do uh but we're gonna wrap things up we do an audience q a i don't think we have anybody watching right now but just in case i see one viewer but i think it might be me because i'm monitoring the stream um but we always have one question that we ask everybody but before we get to that one last time where can people find you on the internet any links you want to drop anything about that you want to do now's the time uh, you can you can check out uh, victory condition gaming on on youtube on twitch um facebook yeah all, all that um if you go to any any gaming convention and free league is there in the in the U- united states or, or in north america more than likely it's it's uh, it's me that'll be there <laughs> Um, so feel free to stop by and say hi. Um, that's even if even if you don't want to talk about uh, freely games, I love just talking about games in general and transform. As, as you can tell, uh, yeah, exactly. Any '80s cartoon, pretty much. I'll, I'll talk to Ninja Turtles. I mean, okay. we haven't even dove into we haven't even discussed Ninja Turtles for this episode. I feel like we need to do a second episode and just have <laughs> Ninja Turtles on. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I love connecting with people. That's that's what I think is so great about this hobby and, and this industry is like, we all just, we have a passion for creating moments and, and, and escape, we escape our lives with these games and, and uh, we get to be something that, you know, we wish we could be on the, on the big screen or, 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 you know, instead of what we're doing right now. And, and that's usually yeah. adulting and adult responsibilities yeah. and that kind of just, you know, to be wish able to kind of, it. right. You know, we, we wish kind of, we can kind of just separate away from that for a little while. And I think that that's a really special thing to be able to, to be, to, to be a part of. And, and, you know, I, I try not to take that for granted uh, working in this industry is just, you know, what is awesome and even as a content creator i mean you guys even know you get to help people enjoy these games too and and you know connect with them and and uh, you probably made a whole lot of friends that you probably wouldn't have made otherwise exactly <laughs> right yeah. so like that's something really really special and and uh yeah. anyway i could we could go on all day about yeah. that too and i think uh you know i think we're all part of this big wheel of of a hobby and industry that uh, is really unlike any others that are out there. You know, everybody's all cutthroat usually in, in a lot of these industries. And and it's nice to be able to be a part of something that everybody wants to see. Everybody wants, we want everybody to enjoy it. We want everybody to succeed and yeah. have fun with it. So 
It's when people have fun. I self-identify as Donatello, by the way. Uh, Chris, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, Twitter, Berlu underscore Chris, or here every other Wednesday, uh, every other Thursday doing the Dragonlance game, and then every other Monday doing Smuggler's Blues, which is the continuation of the redemption story. We're just streaming it now, uh, which has been fun. We've had a few people who are really active in the chat, and it's been fun because they'll say something, and then later I work what they say into the story somehow. Nice. So that was one of my goals with doing the stream with that show was throw something out there. Let me see if I can work it in. And if I can't, oops. But yep. so far I've been able to work some of the stuff in. Yep. Some have of the you, stuff I thought was appropriate. Have you ever had anything that you were just like, you you wondered if you could fit, fit it in and you were able to and like you were just amazed by it? Like, like oh uh, my God. I didn't... We've only done two of the streams. Okay. Um, this week, actually, the players threw something in it. Uh, they rolled a triumph. So they're like, oh, I find this droid in this barn. Why is it here? And then I was like, I looked down at my notes. I'm like, well, let me tell you, it's gonna you're going to find out here very shortly because it was already in my plan. And it actually just kind of worked out that that fit in there just perfectly. I love that. And afterwards, the players are like, you fit that in perfect. I'm like, well, actually, you did. <laughs> you just created something that just gave you something extra to have in right. the combat. So sure. it worked out well. That's cool. Excellent. Um, as for myself, of course, uh, at the RPG Academy, pretty much everything I do can be found here. If you search the RPG Academy and you find something, it's probably me. So whatever platform you're on. Uh, right now, my biggest focus has been the sample adventures I've continuously plugged throughout this program. Uh, we're trying to do those basically every, every other week, but we also have some randomization just like Saturday. Chris and I got on with Devin. We did a fate uh, Masters nice. of Umdar, which is basically the He-Man uh, setting. So we we did that recently. We have an OG uh, cast Star Trek adventures coming out soon. We're going nice. to work on that one. Uh, the Vason one I'm hoping to get to, Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition, uh, Engine Heart, Avatar The Last Airbender. We have so many. Uh, we're going to get to them as we can because they're a lot of fun, and I just enjoy really doing them. And then we do detention here every other week. Um so, and then I'll just quickly mention Farm to Fables, my Smallville podcast, and then Healthy Minds Alliance is my AmeriCorps service podcast. It's about mental education, mental health awareness in local nice. communities. It's very small, tiny. We had like four people listen to the new episode that came out yesterday. So I'd like more people to find that. It's called Healthy Minds Alliance. All right. So Doug, so we don't have any questions came in, but we have one question we ask everybody. So I'll ask sure. that of you now. Uh, imagine you were being turned into an action figure, not out you actually being turned into one, but they're going to make an action figure about Doug. What are the three accessories that would come in your package? Um, I, I feel like a transformer definitely would, would be <laughs> okay, well, like that. Some that cross promotion be, too. Then. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, my, a cell phone. Cause okay. I, I'm always on that. That's definitely a thing. Um, and um, donuts. No. <laughs> hey, I got no problem with any of those. Nice. What's That's your What's your donut of choice? What's your go to? Um, let's see. This morning I got uh, maple frosted. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, those, are, those are usually pretty good. I'm a cream filled Long John man myself. I don't like the okay. custard. I like the cream. All right, all right. Chris, I'm sure you have something to say there. Uh, what's your donut of choice, sir? Uh, uh, doctor gave me a choice: uh, give up sweets or give up uh, bourbon. So I don't eat sweets anymore. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. And well, which which uh which turtle would you be? I'm Donatello. I think uh, Doug said he was also a Donatello. So, which which uh, turtle represents you? 
feel like he's probably more... Leonardo. Okay. okay. All right. I usually end up being kind of the leader in those situations. All right. In a way. Or Raphael, because sometimes I just get angry and want to punch them. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think that's the true the true strength of the turtles is that we're all the turtles and the turtles Absolutely. are all are us in different times, different that's... sides come out. Uh, but anyway, so with that, we're going to sign off. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us tonight. We really appreciate it. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Uh, but until then, remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Thanks, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.